0: Northwestern Medicine, relentless in their pursuit of better health care. Learn more at nm.org better. And uh, great to be back with Dr. Kevin Most, Chief Medical Officer, Northwestern Central DuPage Hospital. Good morning, Dr. Most, my friend.
1: Good morning, Dean. How are you doing today?
0: It's a beautiful day. It's uh, well, not as quite as beautiful <laughs> as it was yesterday, but it's an okay day, I guess, you might say. Oh. I caught myself a little cold this week, and I thought I thought uh, you know, I should uh, connect with Dr. Uh, Kevin Most to make sure that I don't have something worse, but you know what? This was like an old-school cold. For me, it went through the entire pattern of when I would get a cold. And uh, you could probably hear in my voice a little bit. It's not 100%. Uh, but uh, it's, uh, I guess, kind of a return to normal, right?
1: It really is. If you think about it, with everything we did to try to mitigate our exposure to COVID, we also did that and mitigated our exposure to other illnesses. That's why influenza was so low. That's why kids getting RSV was so low. And now that we're getting back to their normal, we're starting to see more just routine upper respiratory viruses being spread across the entire country.
0: Yeah, and there is a, a respiratory virus that's going around right now, right?
1: Yeah, oh, yeah, there definitely is. And, you know, a lot of people are kind of getting it confused, going, is this my allergies or is this a respiratory infection? And for the most part, you treat them the same way. So really, there's not a big difference here. The allergies will certainly go away when the allergen that you're allergic to uh, response, whether it's grass or tree pollen or whatever, and the viral illnesses will go away. People don't need antibiotics for the vast majority of these. They're not bacterial. So really, it's just a matter of saying, okay, what are my worst symptoms and what can I do to relieve those? And pushing fluids and rust is probably the biggest two things that they can do. Yeah, uh,
0: and the rain that we're having today probably will help people suffering with the allergies uh, a little bit. That should dampen things down a little bit. But what about these the smoke from the wildfires, which I noticed uh, the other night? Um, it, I mean, that that could create symptoms, right, to make you feel like something's not right respiratorily?
1: Oh, absolutely. And the two comments that you made together, they come together perfectly. One is the rain. So if you look at the air quality today, air quality today was is, is great. If you look at the air quality three days ago, it was terrible. So certainly this rain is going to help improve it. But, yeah, these fires in Canada, it's amazing how how they've impacted the air quality. And you say, okay, so it's a little hazy. I look at the sun, it kind of looks a little different. But you have to understand anybody with asthma, anybody with any other COPD, respiratory illnesses, people that are old, as well as young, killed children whose lungs are still developing. So, you know, it's not like, oh, my gosh, this is serious and it's going to be really bad. But certainly in the acute setting, it can trigger things and you're going to see more hospitalizations due to respiratory. So this rain definitely will help. Um, It's only going to rain for a little bit and we'll see how the wind pattern picks up. Uh, if you look at the pattern of where this bad air is Chicago's been pretty lucky we haven't gotten the really bad stuff like right. they're seeing on the east coast right. as well as even you know just to the west of us
0: yeah exactly like in uh, new york city for example and along the east coast where people are really having a difficulty breathing so much show, yeah. so that they they had to close some shows on broadway the other day because the actors uh, could not get their breath uh, to you know perform their lines so th- that's how uh, bad it was but uh, getting this little respiratory cold and i i felt fine during the whole time it's just my voice uh, always is the first thing to go for me um just reminded me how serious covid was i know that's still a point of controversy for a lot of people but just getting an old-fashioned cold and how different it was from the two times that i got COVID during the past several years. Um, man, what a difference about <laughs> how, how, how horrible uh, you feel with one as opposed to the other, which is just as, you know, for me at least, is just a little mild discomfort.
1: Yeah, and I think it, it is. You make a good point that it's a good reminder for all of us of what we can do to protect ourselves from anything, whether it be COVID or, you know, just a respiratory illness. And we must remember, we got a COVID spike in like August of last year. We are all kind of holding our hands and holding our breath saying, okay, what's going to happen this year? Because yeah. it appears the FDA is looking at vaccinating again in the fall with the flu vaccine. So post-August and September would be when that vaccine would come out.
0: So uh, the month of June is uh, Alzheimer's Awareness Month, a uh, subject Um, that I am passionate about uh, helping to try to find a relief, a cure, uh, care, support. And uh, a news flash came over the other day in which a panel from the Food and Drug Administration unanimously endorsed an experimental Alzheimer's drug that has shown uh, some modest success in slowing down the progression. What can you tell us about this? How hopeful should people who are dealing with Alzheimer's be about this?
1: Very hopeful. You know, this is, it's, it's fascinating. You know, the disease of Alzheimer's been around for over a hundred years. And yet really what's happened in the past, I'll even say two years has just been amazing. And what you're talking about is uh, which which got really good news last week from the FDA looks like it could potentially get full approval, full FDA approval by July 6th. Now it's on an expedited path right now. So what difference does it make if it makes full approval? Well, if you look two weeks ago to what happened where Medicare and Medicaid said, hey, any medication for Alzheimer's that gets full approval will be covered. So this is an amazing combination of a first-line drug that slows down and binds the beta amyloid that causes Alzheimer's, which has shown that is really slowing the, the, the uh, expansion of the illness. So you've got the medication approved potentially by July six. You've got Medicare saying they would pay for it because this was a medication that's twenty six thousand dollars a year. Wow, it's great that it gets it approved, but if no one can afford it, right? So very, very, very exciting times, and how appropriate that it comes you know during Alzheimer's month.
0: Right, exactly. But, but this uh, drug uh, uh, slows down symptoms of Alzheimer's it does not wipe it out it does not prevent it It, it, it's it's just something that makes it go a little slower right
1: correct you know when we look at Alzheimer's by the time people have symptoms of Alzheimer's the disease is very far advanced so this medication although we're going to be using it to slow the progression like you said it does slow the progression which is great. The thing we have to understand is that we're looking at this now saying okay it's beta amyloid is what appears to if we can slow the progression of that we're going to slow the progression of the illness now what we need to do is figure out how do we find beta amyloid or the increased production of beta amyloid earlier so i I tell people to be excited about this drug but let's put it in perspective you know penicillin the first antibiotic when we first got that we thought oh man this is going to be great and it's a medication you used to have to take four or five times a day. Look at how far this has advanced in the world of antibiotics. So that's the tipping point we're at right now with Alzheimer's. There's four or five other drugs that will probably be approved in the next year. And who knows what the pipeline behind that is now that we know that this works so well in stopping the progression of the illness by working on beta amyloid.
0: Yeah, that's uh, absolutely amazing. Is It's too early because it hasn't been approved yet, but... Um, people should talk to their physicians about this, right, if, if that's uh, something with which they're living?
1: Absolutely. You know, and those individuals, if you think about it, you know, we can test for, for Alzheimer's, right? But a lot of people say, I don't even want the test. I don't want the test because there's no treatment. So why am I going to get the test? It's just going to increase my anxiety. And, but now we're going to get to a point where people will want to be tested early so that if they catch it early, like we do with all illnesses, can we put a medication that will slow the progression even more? So it's, um, it'll be fascinating, and anybody who has potential symptoms of it or has a loved one that's concerned, definitely get in to see the doctor. If they're on Medicare, they have Medicare Part B, there's going to be a big upswing you know, middle of July if this drug gets approved to start more patients on this, which is just going to give us a better idea of how well it's going to work
0: let's get some questions for dr kevin most Uh, you can call 312-981-7200 or text 312-981-7200 we'll be right back questions for dr most happy to take them Uh, a text dr most is asking what is the best way to avoid getting sick on an airplane
1: yeah, you know, uh, airplanes. Obviously, everything that we did with COVID, and when we talk about getting sick on an airplane, it usually is a respiratory illness that you're going to do. So, wearing a mask. We talked about the importance of masking. Is you know, if you're really immunocompromised, then wearing an N95 mask, not just a regular cloth mask, is a good idea. Washing your hands. Be careful what you touch. Cleaning the area around you is important. Um, And actually turning on the air circulation above you, those fans, pushing all things away from you is a good idea. Um, And I really, we talk about it on the airplane, but it's probably more important about what happens in the airports when we are in lines and queues to get onto the plane, when we're sitting in a very congested area and the boarding area, you have to be careful there as well as you do on the plane.
0: I was uh, thinking about this as I was coming back from New York last week. I wonder if a window, middle or aisle seat is safest in terms of, uh, you know, respiratory virus that may be going around. Are you safer in an aisle where there's a little more circulation as opposed to being a little deeper into the plane?
1: Yeah, I think you're probably getting to a point of, you know, percentage points here and there. Other people will say, you know, get to the window seat because no one's going to be walking by you. Oh. You only you don't have anybody on your uh, one side of you. Right. Uh, but certainly, it's really just using common sense precautions, I think, is going to decrease your chance as much as anything.
0: Here is uh, Paul. You're on WGN with Dr. Kevin Most. Hey, Dr. Most. Um, I've been keeping up to date. Uh, Every time that they say, you know, get the vaccination for COVID, I've gone out and gotten an appointment. But I haven't heard about any vaccinations in the near future, and it, it seems like last fall was the last time I had one. Will they be suggesting vaccinations anytime soon?
1: Yeah, Paul, no, I don't know how old you are and whether you got two of the updated boosters, but if you, if you got it, if the last one you got in the fall, you can probably get another one right now to get that second booster, which was approved by the UK and approved by Canada well before us. And then we just approved that second booster probably about a month ago. Now, as far as what's coming on in the future, Absolutely. They're looking at a new vaccine that will be used in the fall. Probably we'll be hearing about it very soon. But it's not going to be ready for the summer bump. It's going to be more a fall uh, vaccination. But if you haven't gotten two of these new boosters, have to remember that everybody who got their original vaccine was based on the original COVID virus. The booster was built on the Omicron. So getting that second Omicron one would be important for you. Okay, I have had the second booster, so I guess I just wait a little while. You do, and that's why we're a little bit frustrated because we know that the immunization, excuse me, the immune status wanes over a period of months, well we're all well beyond that period of time, and now we're all anxiously saying, why aren't we, why aren't we doing it now instead of waiting for another bump. So Keeping our fingers crossed and hope that the FDA moves quickly on this.
0: Yeah, and we'll uh, have updates as soon as they're available on that. The 407 area code asks, is there a hereditary aspect to Alzheimer's?
1: Absolutely. So we're still trying to figure out exactly what causes Alzheimer's, but there definitely is a hereditary component. So we know that there's somewhat of a genetic issue. Now, whether that genetics is that it uh, causes an increase of beta amyloid whether it's an increase of how beta amyloid interacts in the brain, we're not sure of that yet, but there certainly is a genetic. The beauty of this illness, I hate to say it that way, but even if there is a genetic issue to it, and the genetic issue happens to do with the increased use of beta amyloid or the increased production, this is a genetic illness that we may be able to treat much more easily than many genetic illnesses where, hey, it's in your genes, there's nothing more we're going to be able to do for it. So certainly the concern there, I would say, is if there's a family history of it and you start to notice anyone in the family starting to have those symptoms, definitely get them in to get treated or to get tested because now we may have a treatment and that would take you almost to the front of the line as far as uh, medication.
0: I think a lot of people, you know, can't remember where they put their car keys or they can't remember why they walked into a room. Everybody experiences that from time to time and they go, "Uh uh-oh. I have Alzheimer's. Now, what's the difference between simply, uh, you know, forgetting something and something that may be later diagnosed as more serious?
1: Absolutely. You know, we all have, I shouldn't say all, but many people have what you'll call senior moments. You know, we, as we age, our cognitive ability declines. We know that. The individual who is at their peak of their career at age 40, 45, 50, Certainly, if we are given a similar task at the age of 70, we would not perform as well. We know that that's a simple part of aging. However, in senior moments of where did I put my car keys? Now, the bigger difference is I drive to WGM Studios every day. And one day, I don't get there. One day, I go someplace else. Those are bigger signs of Alzheimer's than simply forgetting someone's name that you remember 10 minutes later versus forgetting someone's name who you never remember. So it's more long-term and permanent than it is these short, whether you call them senior moments or times of forgetfulness.
0: Dr. Kevin Most, uh, Chief Medical Officer, Central DuPage Hospital. Always a pleasure, my friend. I hope you have a great Sunday today. Thank you.
1: You got it, Dean. We'll talk soon.